Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Tyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And uh, yes, once again, uh, I am recording from a different location. I think Dylan also recording from a different location. But uh, the one thing we both have in common is that uh, we both have dogs that are uh, in the vicinity. So uh, once again, we mentioned the Puppy Bowl on the last episode of the podcast. Uh, We could have another Puppy Bowl on this one so uh trying to to entertain everyone here as uh, we were all stuck at home but uh dylan uh we were were talking about the podcast and uh as we said creativity is everything uh in this uh this time right now and we were looking around and saying you know if you look at the the nfl free agency uh, most of the the big signings have already happened Uh, now we're kind of in that that lull i think before the nfl draft which is going to go on according to plan, uh, whether you agree with that or not. So that's a different discussion. But um, we were also thinking about it. And, and the one thing that stood out to both of us, and obviously for you, because you're in Los Angeles, is that ESPN is going to be airing a replay of the Chiefs-Rams game uh, from 2018, which is undoubtedly one of the wildest Monday night football games ever, if not the wildest Monday night football game ever. And that got us to thinking about our favorite Monday night football games, the ones we remember the most. Um, and uh, so we're going to make this a Monday night football-themed episode of the podcast. Yeah, the Rams-Ravens game I, I went to last season, I don't think will qualify for this <laughs> list. But, yeah, Rams-Chiefs, I had the, I was very lucky that that game ended up being moved from Mexico City to L.A. My dad and I went, and, yeah, just definitely – up there with some of the greatest football games. I've I got really lucky. I've been I went to the Texas USC national title game when Vince Young scored the winning touchdown at the Rose Bowl. That's probably still the wow. best football game I've ever been to. But this one I would say was a close second uh, in terms of just the amount of sheer just chaos. I mean, so much more was on the line in that national title game, obviously. But in terms of just pure fun at a, a football game, I mean, for years I wanted a, a franchise to move back, and the Rams are always one 
that my, was close to my dad's heart as a fan growing up. So definitely all of that culminating with that season in particular with the Rams in 2018 was so much fun. And that one game was uh, it was something else. But, yeah, a lot of other great Monday Night Memories that we kind of uh, reviewed before this uh, podcast. But, yeah, in terms of the Puppy Bowl stuff, trying to kind of train my, my dog here, I'm – I, you know, he's not really the, the smartest little guy, but he, uh, he he really tries hard. So we've been working on some uh, routines after work, so I get a little movement with my body, not staying inside too long. Where hopefully, eventually, he'll uh, have the opportunity to play in a puppy bowl. We'll find out, though. Yeah, well, uh, I have two that are here um, right now, so I think that's uh, that's really the full puppy bowl experience uh, because they're just bouncing off of each other, bouncing off the walls. Um, but uh, I think that's probably what everyone uh, is dealing with <laughs> if you have animals right now. But uh, that's why we love them. Um, I didn't know you were at the uh, the Texas USC game. Like you were part of history with that. Um, obviously, the Chiefs Rams game. Like that's one of the most memorable NFL games uh, in a while. I guess for me. Like, I was at the, the Music City Miracle with the Titans oh, and the wow, Bills, yeah. so that's yeah. one of the biggest, uh, you know, moments, I guess, in, in NFL mm-hmm. history. So, uh, look at that. We uh, <laughs> we both just seem to be uh, in the right place at the right time when it comes to some of these uh, sporting events. But, um, yeah, let's start with this Chiefs-Rams game. We're going to run through some of the others uh, that we, we kind of went through and tried to put on our list of the ones that we thought that stood out from Monday Night Football. And, by the way, you're not going to hear a lot of ones uh, from the 2019 season because um, I think that was a, a common thing we kept talking about was just how bad some of these Monday Night Football games were. And as we went back and looked at it, we were talking. It was like, man, these games are terrible. Like there were just so many games that uh, you could not even put on the list. But the Chiefs-Rams game was the opposite of that. And like you said, you were there. Uh, for me, like it's one of those games, like you remember exactly what, you, like where you were watching the game at. Like I remember, like I was laying in the bed watching the game, um, and it's just like it was like a a ping pong game, like it just back and forth and back and forth. You were just like, when is this going to? And you didn't want it to stop. Like it's just one of those mm-hmm. games that you just wanted to keep going uh, because of you know. I think it was you think about it, it's like one of those where like you know it goes to overtime. Uh, and all that, it's like just the NFL make a make a call, like just to say, you know what, we're <laughs> we're not we're not doing this to tie. Like we're just going to let this game keep going uh, as long as it wants to keep going. Um, and man, just what a what a wild game! And and as we say, you know, it's one of those things that you know, obviously a springboard for the Chiefs, uh, and it was for the Rams too because they got to the Super Bowl. But then you know, you think now to the next season where the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you just you think back to those two teams, how they were built in that game, and man, it was like I don't know. And of course, right afterwards, and we could probably talk about this in a second. All the oh, there are a lot of people saying, you know, this is bad for the game. Um, you know, the defensive people <laughs> were really like, oh, this is not football. But man, that's that's one of the most exciting games I've ever seen. Yeah, it's funny to think about the, like all the articles too that were saying this is the future of football or this is what it's going right. to be like you know <laughs> years from now. And then sure enough, some of the best games last year featured the Ravens' attack with what they are doing, running the ball, and then the Niners' great defense. Their game, maybe the the best game of last season when those two uh, teams faced off. But no, it was uh, yeah. In, in terms of just sheer insanity, I I was you know you go to get some sporting events and you are really into them and afterward maybe feel a little emotionally drained i was emotionally drained at halftime and i'm <laughs> the fact that it kept it kept going that was the crazy part the first half was nuts both teams missed extra points to perfectly let it be tied at halftime uh just just sheer chaos and at that point i think the rams had already scored one defensive touchdown so you even though the offenses were dominating the rams get a couple 
defensive touchdowns. I believe the Chiefs got one um, on a on strip sack as well. So it was it, even when the defenses were making plays or points were being put up on the board. I, I remember it was definitely the highest scoring game in Monday Night Football history. And then I, I'm looking up here, at least at the time, I don't know about last year, it was the third highest scoring game in NFL history, which. Yeah, it was. It didn't really feel like a normal uh, NFL or football game. It, I don't even know how to just the, ch- the changes in emotion. There's so many scoring changes. So many. There's a lot of Chiefs fans, obviously, that had uh, you know either were already living in the LA area. We have so many fans of so many teams because of that. You know that stretch of years uh, with no teams here, and then also so many transplants. So there are already a lot of Chiefs fans. I'm, I'm sure more already uh, also switched their plans from going to Mexico City to LA. Um, and made the trip. So you had like, you know, even though it was, it was fairly you know, filled more with Rams fans, probably because it was last second kind of move there. There's still a, a pretty big uh, Chiefs contingent. So you had just the, the back and forth between the fan bases cheering and all the things happening on the field. It was, yeah, the, I mean, both teams too leading up to the game. Uh, I think they're both nine and one. So the buildup was already there. And the fact that it obviously lived up to it and even more, it was, yeah, a game that I, I still, there's certain plays I can just like picture exactly <laughs> the, like the vision from my seat. Even uh, the last touchdown where the Rams took the, the lead for good was on the opposite corner. I can still see the ball just perfectly over Gerald Everett's shoulder. And uh, everyone just at that point being like, oh, we left way too much time on the clock <laughs> to get those last two picks from Mahomes. Even after the first one, they get the ball back again. And you just felt like he was going to do something to at least force the game into overtime. But the, yeah, the Rams, uh, for their sake, help them, you know, get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Chiefs <laughs> winning the next year. But that yeah. would have been quite the uh, the Super Bowl rematch if the Chiefs had uh, been able to beat the Patriots in that AFC title game. Yeah, and of course, uh, in, in the Super Bowl, we got the complete oh, we got the complete opposite of this game in the Super Bowl. Um, so that, that kind of shows you that uh, not all NFL games were going to be like that uh, since the Super Bowl was, was pretty much the, the complete opposite of this mm-hmm. game. Um, all right, I'm putting you on the spot here because I was trying to think about this as you were talking. We go back to that game, and you know, you look at the stats. Obviously, you could pick a ton of players here, but when you came out of that game, if you looked at it and there was one player, or what? Let's yeah, let's let's just say one player, like one player that you were the most just in awe of or wowed by, just in that one game. You come out of that game, mm-hmm. and I think again, I think there was a lot of choices, um, and maybe even if those players aren't right now, where you know they were in this game. Uh, who would you probably pick from that group? Like, I mean, because I think there are so many different options here. Uh, mm-hmm. Just looking at the stats and thinking and remembering back to that game, I don't know exactly if you can just pinpoint one guy, yeah. but th- there probably are, you know, maybe a top two or three that you just came out of there saying, my goodness, like this guy is just incredible. Yeah, I mean, the, the two plays, I mean, there were game changers for, from the Rams side. Obviously, every game you know Aaron Donald's going to dominate, but yeah. he had the two, I mean, he had at least – one sack that led to uh, the first Samson Ebukam touchdown. Ebukam is a player that is not, you know, he's a solid guy and uh, really contributes for the Rams on, on the edge when he's in there. But uh, I wouldn't say he is a huge name and he scored two touchdowns in that game. Yeah. So that part is kind of crazy. He had one of them where he had an interception. So he also forced one of the late picks with uh, his pressure. So he was one of the kind of unknown guys that made a big difference. But Aaron Donald had one strip sack that uh, led to a fumble recovered um, but that wasn't a touchdown, but then also one that led to a touchdown. Those two, you watch the replays, and you're still in the stadium seeing it. You watched it, and you're like, how did that just happen? Uh, just sheer dominance to completely change the game. But, I mean, Mahomes, obviously, yeah. I've been fortunate enough now the last two years to see Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson both put on big performances, although this one a little more enjoyable for me <laughs> with the final <laughs> result. But 
uh, yeah, I mean, hit, just watching him was it was something else. I mean, you watched all season leading up to that. You know, it was the Mahomes hype train was off the chains. It was kind of like Lamar last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, he he definitely stuck out. I, I wouldn't say any like so many receivers had great games. Yeah. Tyreek Hill one long touchdown where he completely left. Trying to remember which safety, if it was Joiner, someone got completely left in, the, in their dust uh, for a really easy long touchdown. Watching his speed was just staggering. Um, all the Rams receivers in that game, uh, Cooper Cup was injured at that point, uh, but they all, everyone played really well. Uh, you know, you just saw both, all these offenses uh, on the top of their game, and the Rams offensive line obviously was in a better spot. I thought they played pretty well, even with the Chiefs having a pretty good defensive front at that point. So, but not, outside of Aaron Donald, uh, I don't know if any defenders <laughs> really. <laughs> right. Again, Eddie Thomas scores the two touchdowns, so that sticks out, but. Um, Aaron Donald's the one guy that really made a, a difference outside of all the offensive players that, I mean, it seemed like it was more about the sheer number of dudes that just were stepping up, like Gerald Everett, Josh Reynolds for the Rams, and then uh, on the Chiefs side, they had other guys outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey also making plays, so it was kind of just the, the whole component of what those offenses were at that point that uh, really sticks out for me. Well, a lot of players in that game uh, earned some some probably added zeros on their paycheck. And uh, the good news, Dylan, is that everyone else can do the same when it comes to using Bet Online. Uh, currently, there's no NBA, NHL, or MLB. And uh, as we continue to say, you may think that there's nothing to bet on, but you are wrong. And we hate to tell you that you're wrong, uh, but we just got to be realistic here. And that's because. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. And you can let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. They're all open 24 hours a day. They're all online, including their $750,000 poker series. That's right, $750,000. So if you're into props and entertainment betting, you can also bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. So, just visit their website and join today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And you can just use the promo code BLUEWIRE. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Um, Dylan, we, we talked about the Chiefs-Rams game, and I'm sure you know people listening to this podcast hopefully will have watched this game. If you didn't watch it on Monday night, by the way, NFL Game Pass um, is mm-hmm. free for a while, so you can... You can still go back and watch it, right? So um, I'm sure Dylan is getting a lot of good use out of this right now. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, yes, listen, I, again, just just as a caveat, like we, we're not promoting. They're not a sponsor. But uh, if you're an NFL yeah. fan, like getting it, go through, watch everything, right? It, it's funny. Before you even uh, – I meant to say this when we were talking about the game. Last week before ESPN announced uh, that they were going to show the game, uh, Nelly and I have been watching just so many – you know, things are on the background, and I was like, oh, it's throwing like an old game. So we, we just watched this Rams-Chiefs <laughs> game like last Wednesday <laughs> on a, just a condensed game, which, yeah, those condensed games make it a lot easier for you to fly through um, some of these old classic games. I think it's like I was looking at like 2009 through 19, so I like the last 10 years of games, like they're, mm-hmm. they're on there. So, uh, yes, yeah, a great time, and I'm sure actually, Dylan, we may get some use out of that. Uh, here as we we go throughout the next several months. I know we'll be talking about the NFL draft, but uh, we may get some use out of the Game Pass. Look back at some of our favorite games mm-hmm. too uh, on that. But we talked about Chiefs Rams. That's the first uh, game on uh, ESPN's uh, slate here over the next uh, five weeks, I guess for now is the schedule they released. Um, and the next one will be uh, the Falcons and the Saints from 2006 uh, on April 13th. It will be Packers versus Vikings. 
from 2009, uh, Colts versus Patriots uh, on April the 20th from 2005, and on April 27th, uh, you'll have the Cowboys and the Bills from 2007. Um, so some of those games, I know people remember uh, based on, you know, the circumstances surrounding them, um, you know, the, the Falcons-Saints game, uh, the one after um, Hurricane Katrina, that was one that I think that stands out for a lot of people based on, uh, you know, just the atmosphere, you know, just I think just, just seeing that building, um, that entire game, that was pretty incredible. Um, that was one of the ones that I think that stands mm-hmm. out for a lot of people. Uh, of course, the uh, the Brett Favre against the Packers, that's another one that, that's always going to stand out. And I know, Dylan, uh, you'll mention uh, exactly what that did for ESPN's ratings. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously some good games in there. And we were, we were kind of laughing before we came on. We're like, really, the, the odd man out in this group is the Cowboys and the Bills. Like, I don't remember that game at all from 2007. <laughs> um, but then we talked about, like, it was because I think Romo had a lot of turnovers. They still won the game. Uh, but uh, that, that one's sort of like the one that I think that stands out that I just don't really remember that much. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch the highlights of that uh, pretty soon. Yeah, it said the Cowboys scored nine points in the final 20 seconds to win by one. So yeah. uh, definitely it's going to be tough for me as a, as a diehard Bills fan to, to get through <laughs> that. True. But sounds like an interesting one. Uh, the other, other three, a little more notable maybe in terms of what I remember, obviously Peyton Manning struggling so much throughout his career, 0-7 yeah, in New England before finally winning that game in 2005. That one sticks out. Uh, I was very much intrigued uh, as a you know someone who really followed Brett Favre growing up. Um, so many games uh, the Packers were on here in LA without a team, and definitely followed them a bit more than most teams. So that game where he was on Minnesota was uh, one I was glued to. And yeah, sure enough, like you're saying, uh, had the most uh, at least since ESPN has had the rights to Monday Night Football, it's still their most viewed uh, our, uh, game according to this article that ESPN put out about all the games that are rebroadcasting. Almost 22 million people. Uh, viewing that one so it's a pretty close uh, at that point Rodgers is in his second year starting I, I'd forgotten about that completely the Brett Favre's of the Jets in 2008 so yeah but it wasn't until 2009 he gets his first game against the Packers in this one was in Minnesota but still pretty notable obviously and then yeah Steve Gleason's block fun I still can picture sitting in my mom's house watching that when that happened and obviously you know the game really wasn't that close the Saints blew out the Falcons um, still a really big uh, you know catalyzing them, especially for that whole season. That was the year that they uh, obviously got yeah, the first year back in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. I believe they lost in the NFC title game, made it all the way there before losing to the Bears. So had a pretty successful season, and this was early in the year, uh, one of the first games, one of their first home games, or actually the first home game that year, I guess, even though it was pretty late September. So, yeah, that one obviously sticks out. There's they have a, I mean, there's a reason they have the, the statue of a, of a block punt, and obviously Steve Gleason's story is so inspirational in so many other ways, too, with everything that's happened since. So yep. it makes sense to have those, but I, I do think there are a number of games that if they continue this series, I know we're going to talk about those a bit more. Um, there's a lot of crazy games that we were kind of just able to think back on before recording that stick out as some of the you know, at least in our lifetime, the most memorable Monday night games. Yeah, lots of them for sure. And you mentioned some of those. I think another one that's Brett Favre related that a lot of people would remember, um, the game against the Raiders uh, the day after his father passed away. Uh, That was (laughs) one, just the the type of performance he had in that game. Uh, That was incredible. And, uh, you know, for another Packers game, 
Um, it seems like the Packers have been sort of a theme yes. on this, but <laughs> the, the Packers Seahawks game, I think that's the one that uh, people remember in terms of uh, the fail Mary and uh, how that game played out. Um, so it, it does seem like the Packers uh, quite a quite a theme here on Monday night. And I'm sure if we went back through, there would be a lot of other Packers games uh, we could find there. But I guess there were, mm-hmm. those are some of the others that stands out uh, specifically when it comes to the Packers. Yeah, the Phil Mary game. I was peak when I was still, you know, really into the Packers. More of the kind of a team I was supporting. I was I was livid. Uh, I was beyond, <laughs> beyond angry with how that all ended up. It's just such a ridiculous. Uh, I mean, the game really the Packers didn't play well. It's funny because that game is so memorable because of that play. It was a close game, but neither team, for as good as they really were at that point, were really playing that well that day. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, just that last moment. Really, uh, obviously, uh, is one that you're going to remember. Yeah, the, going back to the Brett Favre Raider game after his father passed away, with all the uh, emotion there, all the Raider fans, uh, you know, clapping for him before the game and uh, basically cheering him on throughout the night. Something that obviously the Raider fans get uh, not the best uh, rep, but uh, honest. I mean, anything from my own experience, Raider fans, they everyone. I mean, they're really passionate people, but uh, they're still they understand these kind of things. They root for their team, but they're all still going to, you know, they saw that that moment uh, transcended just the football game on the field that night. And then, yeah, the last Packer one that we talked about was the the miracle. I don't know what the exact name of the Monday night miracle maybe is the name. I forget the exact term for the game where Antonio Freeman and overtime against the Vikings catches the pass on his back, like literally rolling on his back, gets up and scores a touchdown to beat the Vikings. Another, yeah, it seems like the Packers Vikings have had quite a few of these uh, memorable Monday night games, but that one for me, I, I remember I was pretty young at the time, but watching that and just, uh, play a highlight, obviously, that uh, you see now still on ESPN NFL Network quite often. Yeah, uh, there were, you know, games like that. I know there's a lot of others. You know, we look back at, I was just thinking, and this isn't even one I had on my list, but this this goes way back. Um, this, this tells you how old I am. Um, 1994, um, it was the Broncos and the Chiefs. Now, I think we remember who the two quarterbacks were for those two teams at the time. Uh, you had Montana leading the Chiefs. You had Elway leading the Broncos. Uh, it was a game where I think it was Montana, the Chiefs won the game, and I think it was they scored with maybe like, I don't know, eight or nine seconds left in the game, and he led them on. Just a terrific drive. Uh, that's another one I think back, you mm-hmm. know, just, just thinking back to, you know, many years ago and wondering, you know, from, from some of those, you know, games like that. Um, and I think that's one, you know, you look back at a game like that when you had guys, you know, in that era, Montana, Elway, um, there are lots of games probably from that era. I, if I went back and looked at it, that's mm-hmm. why I wish on the game pass. Like if they if they went all the way back to like you know early '90s, I would mm-hmm. man, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast because I'd probably be watching all these games. Um, but some of the others that, that stand out for you, we were talking about, it, and it seems like we could list off a ton, as we said. Um, and, and by the way, again, not from this past season. Uh, I could probably list off two. Uh, from the 2019 season, and it, may be the, <laughs> and it may be the first two games of the season. Uh, but uh, as you look back at some of the others on your list, uh, what are some of the others uh, that stand out for you? Yeah, a couple more that came to mind outside of the ones we've already talked about. Uh, uh, it was 2000, I believe, was this one. It was uh, Dolphins-Jets. I'd forgotten about this one actually before we recorded and was uh, able to find it. It was a game where another one where I was, I was like eight years old at this time. So I, I remember it decently well, but I know the Dolphins were winning by a lot. Here I found it 30-7 to going into the fourth quarter. The Jets yeah. end up winning 40-37 to overtime with both teams trading deep touchdowns late in the game. Vinny Testaverde threw 59 passes in a game in 2000 for almost 400 yeah. yards and five touchdowns. 
just an absolutely crazy one. Um, other ones that stick out, I think of the uh, Colts Buccaneers game. This is one that uh, it's games for some younger fans. Uh, you can tell that a lot have seen this game based on the NFL throwback, their channel on YouTube, uh, tons of views on this one where uh, the Buccaneers had a huge lead. We're up by 21 with six minutes left. The, the uh, Indianapolis rallies for three touchdowns, wins in overtime. Uh, had, there's one highlight where uh, the Colts fumble the ball, the Buccaneers pick it up, and then they fumble again, the Colts get it back, and it helps propel that whole uh, that whole yeah. comeback. So, yeah, just some really nuts games. Last one that I came to, came to mind for me that is known as one of the bigger, I guess, upsets in recent Monday Night history. It's still a while ago now, uh, back in 2004, the – Patriots are 12 and one, playing the two and 11 Dolphins uh, late in the game. Their Patriots thought they were, you know, cruising to a win. Up, it was a close game throughout. They're up 28-17, under four minutes left. The Dolphins manage somehow against, uh, you know, that was right in the, the thick of the the Tom Brady uh, Patriots era with that really good defense. This is the year they won their third Super Bowl in, <laughs> in four seasons. Um, they, yeah, they scored the Dolphins two touchdowns in the last two minutes. Uh, just a crazy. Crazy comeback uh, that, yeah, Patriots a huge uh, favorite in that one. So another one that sticks out for me personally. I don't know if that one, probably one more that uh, only Dolphins fans might remember as much. But I, I'm sure if we, yeah, if we went back even to the 90s, but even past, uh, I know the history of Monday Night Football goes back quite a bit, and there's yeah. so many classic games. A couple that I uh, found that I, I do like, I, you know, I've heard about or read about, where with the 85 Bears, their one loss was to um, Dan Marino and the Dolphins in a Monday night game where they actually ran it up pretty good on that Chicago Bears uh, legendary defense. So that's one that's known as a classic. Another one when the Packers were not another Packer game, of course, here. Uh, I've actually seen the highlights of this one from 1983. They beat the, the Redskins 48-47. to I believe that one was uh, probably the highest scoring Monday night game. Uh, yeah, it still stand. Yeah, until the until the Rams Chiefs game. Here it is, the, uh, the highest scoring Monday Night game ever, and it was just back and forth at five lead changes in the fourth quarter. So if you watch the highlights of that '83 Skins uh, Packer game, definitely one to go back and see. Uh, and I'm sure there's plenty more from that, you know, '80s and uh, whenever Monday Night Football started. I don't know if it was the early '80s or actually in the '70s. So there's quite a bit more, I'm sure, that would make this list, but. Uh, not ones that we obviously saw uh, live. Yeah, that's funny. You're still talking about it. Like, there's another Packers game. I just thought about it. And I'm like, why does we keep going back to the Packers here? But it seems like everyone <laughs> that I'm thinking about ties into the Packers. It was the game uh, in 98. It was uh, Randy Moss, of course. You know, that's sort of when he yeah. started to to really, you know, you know, emerge as, as certainly, you know, what he would become. And, and he had a huge game. I think it was um, – I'm actually looking it up here. It was in October – um, five, yeah, five passes, 190 yards, two touchdowns uh, in the Vikings game against the, the Packers. I was trying to think, but I remember that. I was like, that's one of the ones that stood out. And then uh, I don't remember what year it was, uh, T.O. doing the uh, the Sharpie. I think that was mm-hmm. uh, Seahawks 49ers. Again, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly what year. That was another one that stood out. He's like wide receivers, uh, a lot of games that uh, for some reason <laughs> just remember for – for wide was, the, was it Joe Horn? Was the Joe Horn cell phone one a Monday night game? I think it might have been, too. That may so. have been. I don't, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that one. But, gosh, there's probably so many that we're not even thinking about um, if we go back. And that's we'll, we'll continue to look through these. But uh, we want to also suggest uh, any of our listeners that uh, maybe have some of their favorites uh, to, to send those in as well. And uh, we will, we'd love to talk about those uh, to do that because there are so many. And as we said, I think it will be fun 
uh, to kind of look at some of these games. And I know uh, the Chiefs-Rams game, <laughs> one that, that everyone's excited about. And, uh, again, you probably already watched it if you're listening to our podcast. Uh, but uh, there's just there's so many games like that you can go back and watch and, and lots of these Monday night games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's just, again, that, I mean, just think about how many Monday night games there are each season. And uh, you can go back, and even if you just look at the scores, like you realize, oh, that was probably a good game. And uh, there's so many of those out there like that. So, um, all right, Dylan, but uh, that'll wrap it up for our uh, Monday night themed episode here of the podcast. Just some random uh, reminiscing on some of the best Monday night football games. And uh, we'll have some more episodes like this as we continue to move mm-hmm. through this uh, very unique offseason in the NFL. Uh, but uh, don't tell that to Roger Goodell because uh, he may get on to you uh, if you say anything about the NFL draft. Uh, going on as planned, uh, but uh, we will we will have draft coverage. Uh, we'll start getting more into that now that we know that it is going to be going on uh, in its usual date. Uh, it will look a little bit different, but uh, it will still be going on, and we've got coverage of that uh, over clutch points there, Dylan. Yeah, we'll start on the on the podcast uh, doing some more previews of the draft itself and different team needs and all that. But we're already starting on the site on clutchpoints.com under the NFL section. We uh, uh, today especially started going through predicting uh, in the first round a lot of these picks for different teams. Uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll dive more into all the needs that all these teams have, what they, how they can address them, uh, looking at some of the top prospects, you know, probably at the top scope positions as well. So we'll get into that in the podcast, but again, uh, on the site and on the app under the uh, the news and uh, editorial section there uh, you, in our app. You can read all about our all the stuff we got on Clutch Points. We'll keep you yeah, covering, obviously, all the, the Cam Newton stuff when he finally eventually signs, uh, Jameis as well. Uh, so, yeah, free agency still a few things left. But, uh, yeah, now it's, it's starting to turn kind of, that, like you said, that in-between period. But soon here it's going to be uh, just everything draft uh, central is going to be the, the focus probably for us, not just on the site, but also <laughs> with the podcast. Yeah, lots of draft coverage uh, to talk about. And as we know, it's not just about the lead-up to the draft. It's not just about the draft itself. Uh, it's not just about the after, uh, you know, weeks of the draft, trying to figure out fits and everything. But that is, you know, you can talk about the draft for, for a couple months, really, when you think about yeah. the – it's sort of, you know – thinking about the actual picks and how they're going to impact these teams uh, and all that. So that's maybe when, you know, you really start to get a better idea of what teams are going to look like going into the next season. Uh, Then you can start, you know, forming those predictions and, uh, you know, looking at how players uh, are going to respond to to having, you know, different players around them and how these teams are going to come together. So that's always fun with the draft. And like you said, we got a lot of great coverage on that. Over Clutch Points, a lot more to come uh, over there and on the podcast. So uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire and for our sponsor, Bet Online, for all that they do. And uh, thanks as always for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past podcast. <laughs>